Hi everyone, I'm Seth Moffat. And I'm Leah Peterson. This episode we're talking about race in museums. More and more frequently museums are being called out for their racist or discriminatory practices. It's obvious that there's a lack of diversity and representation within museums. There's a lot of progress that could be made. Today we're going to talk about the steps we can take to get there and what has already been done in the last year and within our time period and experience in museums to get there. Yeah, before we begin this episode, Leah and I really want to put out there that we are two white people working in the museum industry, but we strive to create an environment that is welcoming and inclusive to everybody. We understand that we come from a place of privilege when we talk about this topic. So we just wanted to share what we believe that we could be doing better, what we think museums as a whole could be doing better, what conversations need to be had in order for us to decolonize museums further and make them spaces where everyone feels welcome. Definitely. We have privilege and we we want to be really transparent about that. I definitely have privilege as a white cis female and the communities we're talking about aren't our own, but we hope to be allies to these minority communities and just the museum field as a whole and making it more welcoming. That's ultimately, at least at UIPM, one of the highest parts of our mission is a welcoming and educational experience and environment. So that's kind of where we're coming at it from and talking about what we've learned in the last year and in the last three years just at the museums, but especially in the last year, having conversations about how we can be more inclusive with diversity and inclusion. And this is not only limited to race and museums, that is the basis of our topic today, but this also has to do with being accessible to disability groups making sure our staff has disability training, looking, actually going in our spaces and seeing, trying to walk through the shoes of somebody else and seeing how this might be welcoming or less than welcoming. So that's something that's really important to us. Right, absolutely. We're recording this podcast episode on the one-year anniversary of the murder of George Floyd. And in that past year, we've learned so many important lessons and we've had so many important conversations, conversations that were happening long before this past year. Within the past three years that I've worked at the museum, we've always had conversations of decolonization and inclusion and diversity. But within the past year, it's really, I mean, everywhere it's sparked a conversation. And that's exactly what we needed to see. But what we're doing with these conversations is the real backbone of how we're going to decolonize. I mean, we can sit here and talk all day, but unless actionable steps are being taken, there was no point to having these conversations at all. It's really unfortunate that it took an event, an, a massive injustice to spark some of this movement and spark more of these conversations. We've tried to learn as much as we could and just soak up as much information and listen to the people in our community and in our workplace to try and learn how we could be better, how our community could be better. Honestly, just Seth and I as individuals could be better allies. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what we wanted to talk about mostly today. As you know, we work at the University of Iowa Pentecost Museums, and in our museums, we talk a lot about indigenous cultures, indigenous groups, and our museum is also very old. When did, when did our museum start, Seth? When did MNH kind of open up? 1868. So, and there's a lot of aspects of the museum that we are constantly having to kind of update and try and look at at the lens of the fact that a lot of history, especially the history of indigenous groups, is told through the eyes of colonizers, is told through this Mm -hmm. whitewashed 
lens and that's something that we've had so many conversations about that truly we've had conversations about since Seth and I had started here and that is something really tough to tackle even as simple as getting the proper terminology out there and educating ourselves because a lot of the descendants of these indigenous groups they there's so many different groups and they prefer different terminology they all have different preferences so it's also just trying to trying to educate staff on that you know documenting the proper pronunciation of some of these words places groups artifacts it's some things as simple as that that can really make a big difference in showing that we're taking the time and really trying to educate on ourselves on what we're trying to teach the public we have to make sure that our staff is educated before we're sharing that information out there i totally agree and this is a great place to talk about where you yourself have power versus where your institution has power. There are yeah. institutional changes that we could make. We could update all of our exhibits, completely rip out sections of the museum. We could, uh, there's just often not enough funds to complete these actions. So that's where people like Leah and I get to come in because we have direct ability to oversee all of the tours that are given of the museum. So even if we don't end up changing one exhibit, we can still be educating the public with the proper information with our own voices. By giving a tour, we can change the change the way these people are represented in the museum and represent them fairly and properly. And I think that's one thing that we've really noticed within the past three years of us working here is the power of a museum tour. Uh, you will never get the same experience as in a museum as you do with a tour because you are just being given information that you know is fact-checked, correct, and up-to-date. And that's one area where right. we can work to decolonize the spaces. Right, and also admitting where there's shortcomings in the museum. We're always willing to step forward and talk about our practices in the past versus now. And when we came about with repatriation, giving items that obviously don't belong to us because no items in our museums technically are from our ancestors, but making sure that we are respectful and that we're making those changes. I think the most frustrating part about, I, I, I guess just our experience at the museum, but I think in society is that change takes time. And that's something that I've really had to come to terms with, which I'm sure is exponentially more frustrating to people of color because to me, as I'm starting to become more aware of the issues around me socially, as I'm starting to grow up and become an adult, and I have had the privilege of not having to experience some of these experiences or think about the way we're talking about certain things in museums, is that once you realize it, of course you want to change it. Oh my god, once I realize this is an outdated term for indigenous cultures, or we talked about the people of the late Pleistocene, the display says Paleo-Indians, that's not necessarily a super acceptable term anymore. Of course we want to change it, but change takes time. And I think that's one of the biggest lessons I've learned since diving into diversity and inclusion in minority groups and in deaf studies is that all of these changes time. Of course, it's going to be expedited. The more and more people that are aware, the more and more people who are fighting for change and advocating for these changes. But that's been a tough pill to swallow. So we kind of try and do as much as we can on the human resource front, because that's essentially what Seth and I's job is more consisting of managing human resources. So that's what, what we've really tried to capitalize on and really make a change at, at the best we can, as well as just having tons more conversations about it. 
but that's definitely been a really hard pill to swallow in my opinion. So it's really tough when we think about the time that it takes with progress and trying to have patience with progress and change in society and especially in museums. But one way that we can really expedite that process is asking members of our community, having conversations, and trying to figure out what actionable change we can make with the resources we have, with the power we have, however limited it may feel at times. So one way we did that was talking with Dr. Heidi Lung, who Seth will introduce. Yeah, Dr. Heidi Lung is the director of the Museum Studies Program here at the University of Iowa. I've taken a number of classes with her. She's one of my personal mentors, and she is the most involved museum person that I know. So we knew that coming to her would give us the best advice. Dr. Lung had some great insight on how we can work to decolonize museums. Definitely. We reached out to her and we got some of her thoughts on employment with people of color within museums. As we know, a lot of higher ups are old white men. And not to say that they're not good at their jobs, but they're not going to invoke the same amount of change and they may not have the same passion and they definitely will not have the same understanding as members of that community that are faced with discrimination and contemplating this issue on a daily basis. So when we reached out to her, Dr. Heidi Lung had said, in terms of staff, I've seen some changes, but the reality is most museum boards hold all the chips and they are still white male dominated institutions. So that was a really insightful thing for her to say. It's very true. Of course, COVID has really only exponentially emphasized that problem with the museum workforce as many women and Black, Indigenous women of color and Latinx workers have been impacted the most. So if our higher ups and our executive boards are white men, and there's been a large amount of people, especially in museum work, laid off during this movement, we're losing a lot of diversity. Um, so there's been movements like Change the Museum and Museum Workers Speak that are bottom-up movements. And those, as Heidi said, can make people of color feel heard, but she's not quite convinced that their voices, voices are truly being listened to by top leadership. I think that is a very potent point, is that as much as we can speak or that particularly people of those community and people of color can use their voices, they're not always listened to, especially when those voices get lost by these sort of surrounded, walled executive boards of people following protocol and um, when museums kind of become commercialized. That's where we really run into a mishmash of communication, a lack of communication. So, mm -hmm. you know, Dr. Long had said the question still remains. Will our field choose to continue as we have or do the hard work needed to make progress in these areas? And that's so important. My hope, I think I can speak for both Seth and I, is that the hard work is done more and more every day and more and more people become allies and aware of these issues and that that is what happens. But it can be really discouraging when we look at these discrepancies in people of color on boards and just lack of progress, how long sometimes change can take. I totally agree. In fact, a 2015 study found that 87% of curators, conservators, educators, and leadership positions in art museums in America were held by white people, which is yeah. sad <laughs> because that's, yeah. that's where the heart of progress is coming from or non-progress. Yeah, it's discouraging, I think, definitely. And the hardest part is just like the fact 
I think in my mind that one hard part is just like that I'm becoming more and more passionate about these ideas now and that a lot of people in these positions and that have working been working really hard on their career in museums I've only breached the surface with one museum with three years of experience whereas there are people Mm -hmm. like our lovely Carolina she's our education director she has just joined us within the last year at the museums she's a person of color who has had experience at a plethora of museums several museums in several different positions learning her experiences and the vulnerability that she's had in communication and conversations with us about just that same idea of not entirely feeling heard or observing things that other people just don't even think about. So I think that's something that's just really tough that I think in a way Dr. Long really broached that topic. I completely agree with you. The knowledge and education that we've received from Carolina has completely shaped this podcast and also many of the lessons that I've learned at this museum have come from directly from her. And Carolina is a great resource who is willing to help. That said, it is not her job to be teaching us about racism and decolonization, but she does it anyway. She does it because she's passionate about it. She does it because right. we we said that to her. We said, thank you for educating us, even though you don't have to, it's not your job. She was kind of saying, well, no, it's not my job as a person of color, but as someone in museum work, it's hard to not take on that position. It's hard to not spread as much awareness as she could. And honestly, something that's so helpful with Carolina is that she's totally willing to be honest with us. I think a lot of people of color feel like they have to be polite, similar to an experience, not to equate because sexism and racism are totally different, but similar to the experience that a lot of women have feeling they have to be polite in workplaces and can't really speak up because they'll be they'll be seen as angry or this or that and I think a lot of people have to be feel like they have to be kind or add a compliment in with a constructive criticism and something that really helps that Carolina has brought to the table is just honesty mm-hmm. honesty but uh, compassion behind her honesty instead of sugarcoating it she'll tell us how it is and I really appreciate that from her too and I think it's important as allies to be okay with being wrong and learning from your shortcomings sometimes. As young museum employees, we thought it was really important to ask Dr. Long what she feels museum professionals can be doing to contribute to the diversification of museums. As Dr. Long states, it starts by doing our own research and considering where we ourselves can make change. We should start by coming up with an accomplishment in our own lives and our own institution. Of course, there's all these far out ideas and and ways we want to implement change and things we want to do right now. And one thing that you really can do is look inward and develop a sense of agency within yourself and create a specific and measurable way to do so. You can develop an action plan. You can get more informed and involved. And there's a great resource that Dr. Lung shared with us, and it's Learning for Justice. So that's www.learningforjustice.org, and there's a professional development section as well. And there's just ways to help you kind of develop an action plan. So it talks about what different kind of actions look like, both on a grand scale as well as smaller efforts. Because I know just saying, develop an action plan can seem overwhelming, especially if you're just broaching this topic and you are coming from a place of privilege, I would say it's especially important there to use your voice and your mental capacity for change. On a problem such as this, it can feel overwhelming in the face of action. So asking questions like, what can I do, really starts to bring it to a personal level for yourself so that you can begin to take steps to help decolonize museums. 
You know, museums built on the back of colonialism, rooted in telling white stories of conquest and triumph, have for too long excluded people of color from their institutions. Museums are for all, and as museum professionals, we have to do more than attend seminars on race and have difficult conversations with our coworkers. We have to be amplifying the voices of those who have been silenced, and we can do this by including them in positions of power and fairly and accurately telling their history in our exhibits. It's my personal belief that museums only tell half the story. The other half is told by the visitor. Museums need to become participatory and start letting visitors tell their own story too. Fixing old racism in museums isn't just a way to get good PR for the brand, and that shouldn't be a museum's intention when they take steps to decolonize. They need to start being open and honest with their past and taking tangible steps to do better in the future. Museums, time and time again, have been viewed as sources more trustworthy than newspapers, so we have a real commitment to our communities to do better. There are no excuses anymore. 100%, I agree. Take everything we said with a grain of salt, and we're always open to constructive criticism, especially, as I said, coming as non-members of these communities and as people with a lot of privilege. I really want to thank Dr. Heidi Lung and just all of our staff that have been willing to have conversations in general, but especially about this episode with us when we were thinking about how we wanted to approach this important but sensitive topic. So huge thank you from Seth, our editor, Emily, and I for all that you infor- all the information you gave us and all of your time spent educating us on this topic. Seth and I's time here on Museum Weird is coming to a close. You'll definitely hear from us in the next episode, but we are transferring over to future members of our of our museum. So we are student employees and lucky for us we were able to graduate, but sadly for us our time at the museums are starting to come to a close. So keep an ear out, keep a listen out for some of our future museum weirdos that will be taking over for us and we really appreciate the feedback and the reaction and all of your support it truly means so much and made the pandemic and Seth and I's college careers so much more enriching so thank you so much stay museum weird